week for the Hearts with two bad defeats, however, Secret Agent Johnson's mission is complete. My name is Jarvey and I'm joined this week by Paddy, Cameron, Simon and Tammy. Together we are the Broken Arts Club Band. We've just been recording <laughs> for 20 minutes. Or no. Well, yeah, sorry, we haven't been recording for 20 minutes, which is really annoying because we just recorded some award-winning <laughs> award-winning patter. Some of the jokes were unbelievable. So for our own sanity, we're not going to go into it in as much detail again, listener. So sorry if this is condensed, but we can't be fucking bothered. <laughs> so we did say that this is going to be a really miserable podcast for obvious reasons. So me and Cameron thought we'd start off with having a bit of a laugh uh, about our trip to Dundee. Cameron, why don't you, rather quicker this time, tell us about what happened when we arrived at a pub in Dundee. Oh, it's even funnier 20 minutes later. <laughs> oh. So arrived in Dundee, went in a pub, still can't remember what it's called, couldn't mind 20 minutes ago, but uh, <laughs> gets to this pub and... Um, there was a guy at the door, and I now know that he was smoking. I wasn't sure 20 minutes ago, but you confirmed that he was. <laughs> and we had to kind of squeeze past him again at the pub. He never let on at all. Anyway, I goes to the bar, and you went to the toilet. And you came out of the toilet about five minutes later, and I'm still standing at the bar, nobody there. And then a wee bit later, this guy comes in for the door, goes behind the bar, and asks what we want. It turns out he was the barman. Um, <laughs> empty pub, and we just had to wait until another fag. <laughs> Everyone laughed the first time. Post gent, are we are we locking? Aye. <laughs> Aye. So then I drank a pint and I was going out for a smoke. Yes, I'm a smoke. I'm a vapist listener. I do apologise. Serial uh, vapist. <laughs> <laughs> and the barman shouted to me, "Oh, go and take just take the snib off when you're going out for a smoke." I realised that we were locked in a pub. Just That's five hours. Two o'clock in the afternoon. Place plastered in Dundee United gear, Dylan Levitt top next to us on the wall. And the guy, his reasoning for not letting the door be open was that he was scared of the police coming in. And nobody questioned that any further. <laughs> and just finally, a young Hearts fan came in with his dad and he said to the guy, oh, do you sell any pies? And he went, eh, nah, I've no turned the oven on. <laughs> well, he said, I'm not, I'm not going to turn the oven on, I think he said. All of that put to a soundtrack of Soldier Boy in 50 Cent. <laughs> what an afternoon. <laughs> that was probably the highlight of the afternoon. Uh, no hard. Um, aye, Dundee. And sorry this is late. Me and Cameron were in Dundee and came back unwell because we were in Dundee. Uh, what did we go on to talk about, boys, 20 minutes ago? Kai Rolls is shit scared to play. Uh, you don't think he's going to start. <laughs> Uh, against Pauk, <laughs> it'll be Kingsley at centre back. Um, few jokes in there, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon Grant's not in the squad, even though he is in the squad for the league. Played in central midfield on Sunday, came on for 20 minutes or something like that. Isn't in the European squad though. Um, and we're all well, we're all genuinely pretty gutted for. 
Barry McKay and what looks like it might be a longer term injury with the knee rather than what initially looked like a hamstring, which is a genuine shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He needs to get on to Craig Gordon and his dealer. <laughs> Steroid dealer. Yeah. Right. That was quite clarity. Right. That was <laughs> 20 minutes of content very much condensed into 20 seconds for your there, listener. Um, but the big debate was around Kyle Rolls just quickly on it. This is a proper point. I reckon Rolls will be dropped now. So I think he has he's done. You know, he's making too many mistakes. And I think Kingsley should go in there, left sided centre back. Um, but these guys don't. These guys think Rolls will be should be left in there and keep playing. And then Cameron said, "Oh, oh, <laughs> just told your oh, horses. Oh, maybe that'll be a question at the end. Right. We'll do that bit again as well. Good." <laughs> Um, and I that was uh, that was where we got to in inside twenty minutes, pretty much. Um, Which shows you we do waffle on quite a bit. <laughs> well, you need to fill in our party. Got time down to a tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, new new content for this evening. Then uh, Lee McCulloch. <laughs> Lee McCulloch was talking absolute shite on PLZ TV or YouTube channel, whatever the fuck it's called. So Lee McCulloch is claiming that he and Robbie Nielsen and Forrest um, had a meeting with Joel Savage and Stuart McKinley, and they told them, after finishing third, going into last season, that their season expectations was for Hearts to finish second. So do you, do you believe him? No. No. Um, no. <laughs> Like what? What's he talking about? Surely that. In what world do they sit down with? with the be, he seems to be on a bit of a tour because he was on sports scene as well. He's just mm-hmm. trying to get yourself some media work. I think say something that keeps you interested. Right, talk sport will be after him soon. Mm-hmm. I've no, I've like I've see if the upper management at Hearts want a manager to finish second. I've absolutely no issues with that. That should be the overall target. Further down the line, but I think this is, I think Mr. McCulloch's taken this out of context a bit. Yeah, he's maybe said they've maybe said something along overall, second should be our aim, but I don't think second would ever be the expectation. And if it is, then somebody's fucking on crack or something. No, even I'm not. I'm an optimistic bastard when it comes to hearts, thinking we should go for the titles and all that. And even I, you know, we kind of be expected to be finishing second. Yeah. How do you go for a title and no finish? Do you, just, do you give it a first or third? <laughs> <laughs> At the start of the season, I always think you can win the title, and then after about a week, it's it might be top six. But mathematically, it's always true. <laughs> exactly. That's it. But that would be the heart's way, Hammy. We either win it or we finish third. And if I wouldn't be <laughs> third, we'd either win it or we'd get fucking demoted. Aye. Um, but I think I think you're right, Hammy. I think McCulloch's taken that way out of context because he's very sore still from being punted from the football club. Um, there was some uh, some noobly rumours, Simon. If you want to elaborate. Just heard on the wicked whispers that we'd made a couple of bids for Nubly, but they'd both been rejected. So maybe we were just testing the water, seeing what Livingston were thinking, see where they were sitting. 
It's interesting. <laughs> Martindale's publicly said numerous times that he wants a million pound for Nubly, which he won't get. But it's crazy. If we're testing more. And and this made me think a we a wee debate around this one for you, right? So Lauren Shanklin scored four hundred goals last season, playing as a as a false nine, are we calling it or ten? Whatever. They were all penalties though. Every one of them are penalty. Four million penalties. <laughs> Especially if he goes to Saudi Arabia. They were all penalties. But it's not sustainable. I think we spoke about this recently about kind of spreading the goals around. Say Shanklin wants to go, would you like to see a big target man come in there and actually play in this role, which should really be a kind of target man position traditionally? No, I've seen it for years and years at Hearts and I do not want to watch it anymore. <laughs> Just that she don't want to watch it. <laughs> I like, I like, honestly, for most of our lives, we've played long ball football to a big man up front. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it again. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Here, here. Do you not think it'll be no, no, hard to replicate? No, no, no. no. I don't think you heard me. Don't want to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, put it no, this way. No. Say, <laughs> say, Shanklin, say Shanklin goes tonight, say he's bought tonight and he goes down south. Um, and Naismith, do you, you're going to have to completely change the way we play without Shanklin in the team because you can't just put Boyce in there and put Vargas or someone up front because Boyce doesn't have the physicality that Shanklin does. So what do you do if Shanklin does suddenly go? Um don't worry, don't worry. Put, put Tagawa up front, boys behind them, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. All right, there we all go. Pe- it's all penalties, it's all penalties. Start <laughs> starting, starting to reek of finishing six. <laughs> um, concerning. Well, the, the good news is that Aberdeen's Miofsky seems to be Ofsky. Thank you. I told them I'm Miofsky. <laughs> hey. To Southampton, which surely means Shankland isn't going there. It's probably never a real rumour anyway. Um, but only days now until the end of the transfer window. However, with the Saudi window staying up until the end of September, still fills me with fear what could happen Aye. in September. The, the only issue I think we have here is we potentially lose Shanklin and we don't have enough time to bring someone in or see what's available, ETC. Um, that would be my big worry. Leaves us very short. That's what I mean with the Saudi window. We, uh, we could lose Shankland and not be able to do anything about it. Never Is mind El Buffalo still a free agent? Who? El Buffalo. He, El Buffalo is still a free agent. <laughs> well, there you go then. He's got <laughs> several offers to go to Russia. I was reading. Off, he's off, the, off the Celtic, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um... Aye, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. The more I think about Shanklin going to Saudi Arabia, the fact that Jota has went to Saudi Arabia and he's getting pelters and they want him out is making me think that surely no one in Saudi Arabia actually wants Shanklin. But is it is it not League Two? Is it not Steven Gerrard's team in the fucking second division? Are they in the second division? Are they? Aye, hmm. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Do you get a Scotland call up playing in the second division of Saudi Arabia in this day and age? <laughs> He doesn't, get a, doubt, he doesn't get a game I, now. I doubt they're going to waste <laughs> their time too much. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, 
And I like, well, in fact, no, it was in the 20 minutes we never recorded. We spoke about Kilmarnock no longer being, um, no longer having an invincible season um, after getting beat off Motherwell, who, of course, we are now coming up against at the weekend. The fixtures just get harder and harder, eh? Kilmarnock and now Motherwell. <laughs> um, but did you know Hamilton are the only team in the UK not to have conceded a goal yet now? Fuck off. <laughs> there you go, Paddy. There you fucking go. Are they um, League One though. League One, yes. Scottish League pot, One. Tin pot club with shite former players. Scottish League One. It's maybe comparable with the Saudi League too. <laughs> oh, who knows? Um, Barry McCarthy spoke about that. The Scotland squad: Shandor Clark and Lauren Shankland. <laughs> They've been called up as has Elliot Anderson, former uh, former Hearts reject. <laughs> um, do you Xander Clark's not going to play? No. Will, will um, Shanklin be getting minutes? No. No. Nope. <laughs> Is Xander Clark good enough to play for Hearts? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Sell. His distribution's awful as well, which makes some really good for Hearts. <laughs> Look, I, I know there was, we'll get to it, we'll know that like the pass and then the Rolls pass is what really sells it out, but I, there's a, obviously a mistake in that first pass from Clark at the beginning of that move on Sunday, but if he hadn't been in goals, we'd probably get beat 3-0 yeah. there. Like, he made a couple of really big yeah, saves in the game. Also, it, it is just small issues, like, I feel maybe the centre-backs don't have enough confidence to just tell them to fuck off sometimes. Like, Clark always seems to want to come and take free kicks if they're just, like, peppered around our box mm. and just boot it up the field. Why? Like, he's constantly wanting to be so far away from his line. Well, if he wanted to boot it up field, we would have had a nice wee nil-nil up in Dundee on Sunday. <laughs> it was the fact, to talk about now, the fact he's ran 30 yards from his goals to take a five-yard fucking pass. Aye. I don't think it's 30 yards, but aye. Aye. If you look at the angle. Box, <laughs> box is 18. Aye. aye. Okay. 36 yard wide. <laughs> Garvey had a brain fart. It happens to the best of us. And the worst. No, no in my heart's team, they wouldn't. They? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sometimes was... you just forget to press record. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right, moving on to speak about Pouk. Um, quite enjoyed their fans. It wasn't a sellout, which is disappointing. Um, but it was a good atmosphere. I quite liked how they took their tops off, and I thought, fuck, of course they do. Stavros flatly. And I like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I like the gyrating. They go, nah, 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 nah. Ooh. And they're like, hip-trusted <laughs> at section N with their tops off. <laughs> Excellent pattern. Um, by Simon, was there any changes going into this one? From oh, there would have been loads because we played Partick Thistle before that. Yeah, so I'll compare it to the team that played Rosenberg. Hmm. Um, so usual in defence, nothing really changed up there. We had Atkinson, Kent, Rolls, Rolls, and Kingsley. Barry McKay made a start. Alex Cochran in at centre mid. Hmm. Um. And Shanklin Boyce, Fargas, Devlin. Uh, yeah, I think we're really, really weak at centre mid. So we we didn't really get any control of the game. Barry Mackay was a bit lost running. 
I think that we're trying things at centre mid, but I think we're trying players that aren't midfielders, so I don't really get it. Yeah. I, I actually forgot to say this. <clears throat> well, I was going to say at the end of this, but, but I had the pleasure of being in the same place as Joseph <laughs> after the after this game, and he was fucking furious. And he made a direct reference to not having any central midfielders, which I did find quite bizarre, considering it's his job to make sure we have central midfielders. But yeah. I wonder if there's an indication there that we hadn't done in the transfer market and we're still looking. Aye. Or maybe he's been told by the coaching staff, no, no, we're fine at centre mid, we don't need to look into that. Mm. Yeah, just don't think it's the finished article in there. We can't be playing Alex Cochran yeah. and Toby Civic in the centre midfield. Yeah, that like don't blame either of them because they're not centre mids, but I don't see why we're persisting with these decisions. It's not looked good. Neither player looks comfortable. Both players have some attributes which you like in a centre mid, but neither of them it's clear to see that neither of them have grown up or developed playing that position. Yeah. Like because George, like George Grant has. Like George Grant has. Because <laughs> Cochrane was just lost. Like he was trying his hardest, but he was absolutely lost. And it yeah. felt like he could only pass to the two centre backs. It felt like he had no confidence to turn. There was moments where he was taking him midfield, and if he turned, Boyce is wide open. And it's pretty much a two on two with Boyce and Shanklin. Mm-hmm. And their centre backs, but he just never, ever, ever once did it. He would just constantly just play it back, and we just horseshoe it behind the back three. Yep. <clears throat> to, to be fair, every every other midfielder is doing that at the moment as well. Adam Denham had one game. I think it was the first leg against Rosenberg, where it felt like he was passing forward every time, and then yeah. B got told that's plenty of that. Who do you think? Yeah, Robert Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, in the actual game our penalty and, and what a start to be fair and the atmosphere as well like we spoke about the away fans that was the at times the loudest I've heard Tynecastle since we fucking since we beat Celtic 4-0 or something since it was incredible beat, since we beat Rosenberg the week before <laughs> <laughs> and we've got all those decimal readings about how it's like being louder than Hamden and all that yeah so a lot of times the the pub game thought was even up another notch. Um, incredible. And we started well, and your man Cameron Kenneth the Kishman Vargas winning the penalty with some good direct running, something we definitely do not see fucking enough of at the club. I like he's he looks a player, but I was amazed at the time that it wasn't just given. And we're at the opposite end of the stadium, so it's kind of difficult to see. But it looked like a stone baller, and then obviously it was given. So. Yeah, brilliant start. So early on as well. Um, just being a nuisance. Just being yeah. a nuisance, aye. And mm. then obviously you've got Shanklin there who only scores penalties, so it's... Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was always going to be a goal. Um, and my arse had barely hit the seat from celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone in this... this, hey, Sorry, that's my dog. Someone in this uh, chat had a delay on their telly. So as <laughs> Pauk were getting awarded a penalty, we were getting a text being like, yeah! <laughs> they were that close together. It was I, I can't even remember. They must have took kickoff and just ran straight into the box. Yeah, it was one, one ball over the top. And who was it that brought the player down? Rolls. 
Kyville. Shite. <laughs> I think in the like the SPFL, he makes that tackle. But at that level, the players are just a bit faster, and you've just you've just got to make decisions, just mm, make better decisions, really. It's a mistake, but right across the back for that and the build up to it, we looked so panicked. Like we yeah. all just, just kept backing off. Everyone was in the box. Yeah. Mm. It was almost like we all like hive mind thought, oh, we can concede straight away. Yeah. We did. And just panic, die. Mm-hmm. That was very frustrating. Um, Barry Mackay's injury, you could say, kind of took the sting out of the game because I think everyone in the stadium knew that was a bad one. No contact, never looks great. Yeah, and I was actually on for a really good chance as well because he'd beat his man. He was running through down the wing. Mm-hmm. That was annoying. Um, the the boys miss. Is it a really good save, or is it a good, uh, or is it a bad miss? It's very fast. It happens quite fast, and when you see the angle from Boyce has got, he's got the defender actually makes a block. Mm. Um, so he he has got a mm. lot going on in front of him, but you do think like a professional striker, he's got to be putting that away really. Right. That would have been a. It was a big moment. Very yeah. annoyed with Mister Boyce at that time. Done it against Zurich as well, like almost with a header. Just wee moments like this. Yeah, you wonder. Boyce looks sharp and he's he's doing fine, but you wonder if um, a non-injury returning Boyce would have tucked that away in the top corner. Yeah. Uh, Shank. So this is it. One-one, obviously, on the penalties, and then Shanklin scored. What we thought for I thought for a good five clean minutes was one of the best goals I've ever seen. <laughs> it was sadly disallowed. Absolute screamer. Uh, and it took them ages to disallow it, though. I like, didn't even realise they were checking. Like it didn't come up. No, I with offside. I think it's like a. It's not like a check. It's just like a black or white. The refs just told that if it's onside, they're offside. Yeah, they've got new var- They've got new yeah. technology they're using now, where it's apparently quicker. It didn't feel like that at the time, but yeah. <laughs> they allowed the game to kick off again. I've never, I've never seen that in a check for an offside. Did they? Yeah, there was a mm. kick off. I don't think it kicked off. No. no, I don't remember. I was too busy being told by the guy next to me that the reason Rolls and Cammy Devlin struggle is because the, the grass is drier in Australia, so they're used to passing <laughs> the ball a bit harder <laughs> and the ball yeah, running a bit slower. <laughs> surely, surely, if the grass is drier, like that's a harder surface and the ball moves quicker. No, like, no, the ball's quicker on a greasy surface. Aye, not like that's, I'm thinking of like a solid bit of ground. I'm, do you know what? I'm not picturing grass, I'm picturing like a proper brick, dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, won't say anything else. Get cancelled. <laughs> um, no, that was a, a hard moment to take. <laughs> Realising that, that was like that felt huge when it went in. It felt like a huge moment for us. Mm-hmm. I think I think we still. It's that thing of like, right, we've got this. We probably still need another, but we're giving ourselves a shot. Yeah. See, I would have been fine with two one. I think like you can build upon that. Obviously, we were all saying that we maybe need a couple of goals to go across there and really feel like we're going to go through. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, well, what happened next? Yeah, well, the the, the poke winner. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's just it's such a stupid goal to give away, isn't it? Oh, well, I've, I've got something to say, right? <laughs> Surprise. Well, is that Shander Clark, right? So... <laughs> 
he I think he's dislocated his thumb just before this goal, right? Yeah, he's on the floor before they're taking the corner. Right. Why has he rushed to his feet to allow them to take a corner but while he's clearly recovering here, right? And I'm not it's a really good goal. Really good goal. And I'm not saying that he definitely would have saved us. But if you're a keeper, it's one all in a European tie. Why would you not wait for medical assistance? Wait if he gets video. treatment, does he have to go off? No, you don't need to. The when keepers keeper, not have to go up, all right. No, then wait. Take forever. I think there's also an element of the fact that it was back to one all at that point. We felt like we really needed to go and get a goal. Like you're wanting to play quite quick at that moment. I don't. They they were the ones killing the game. I, I don't. I, yeah. I, don't I got the feeling that they were fine with a draw. Yeah, they were absolutely. They've settled for that. I know what you're saying, but in any other area of the pitch, not from a corner, surely. And if you're in that much pain, because it does look like he hesitates to dive for that ball, and you will never know if that's because he was sore. I think but it could have just This is harsh, but I'm allowed to be annoyed at someone that, as well as Kyros. <laughs> <laughs> I think the fault for the, the fault for the goal, if anything, is, is giving them so much space on the edge of the box. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a, and we saw it again at Dundee as well. There seems to just be no training <laughs> around defending the edge of your box. We're leaving. We've we've reverted to having every single player back in the box now as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, things. This is why it happens. You you have a leave a man up top, uh, even if it's like a Cam Devlin or something. I don't know if he was still on at that time, but leave him up near the halfway line. You're taking away two or three players that then aren't around the edge of the box. And it just seems, along with this sort of zonal marking thing that we tend to chuck out every now and again, it's just, it seems so. We need need an Austin fee, I think. (laughs) A set piece specialist, but we still look so shambolic with set pieces. We do. Let's save like managerial chat. To, I don't even know what your Jambles kickback is, Hammy, but I've got a funny <laughs> feeling I know what it might be. Might be debates wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. We come on to that. So that was Pauk 2-1 on the night. Um, the, Dun- the Dundee game. In fact, just to see on the, the subs, Cameron, that was a big talking point from the, the Pauk game, or the, the yeah, off subs and warming up. I don't know what went on there, but the second half, we never had anybody warm up until... After they scored, I know we made a sub before then, but it was because Mackay had obviously let off injured. But there was just nobody warming up the entire half, and it felt weird. And then we made a double sub at eighty five and another double sub at eighty eight. Like, what are you expecting those guys to do at that point? The game's gone. Yeah, it feel. I don't know if it's just because our man, the managerial roles, a bit, um, a bit muddied, Paddy. But do you think there is a lot of inexperienced mistakes being made? in these games here? Or is that just because of the situation that feels like it is? Uh, I mean, Frankie McAvoy, there's no real excuse there. He's an experienced coach, so... I don't... I, like, I, it's, see, as much as we, we spoke about this, I think the the management thing looks a bit shambolic for the outside, but I have no doubt that within that locker room, within the bench, like they know who's running the show there. Like, yeah. that, That's not up for debate. So there's no real excuse there about they shouldn't be having, you know, proper conversations and getting confused as to who's making decisions. They they know that, mm. albeit we just won't say it out loud. I don't mean like between the two of them. It's argy bargy. I was meaning more just like between the two of them, 
that they're they're not making decisions that an actual experienced manager would be making. They wouldn't be waiting that long to bring on subs in a game. But it felt like they almost, and we'll get to it, but it felt like they almost seen the mistake they made on Thursday night and then seen the slow start in Dundee and made a triple sub at halftime there. Yeah, it's like, yeah. almost like a complete counter of what they'd done during the week. Right, compensating for it. I know. Well, let's move on to the Dundee game then. The first half, Cameron, potentially the most dreadful half of football I've it's, ever seen. It's the slowest half of football I can ever remember. You know, it was. I looked at my watch at one point. It's like twenty minutes. It felt like I'd been there for an hour. Nothing, yeah. nothing happened, um, other than them scoring, and we were very lucky that they scored an offside goal. Oh, Even that's right. Enough. And if he um if he hadn't touched it, it was probably going in. It's it's definitely going in. Um, we were lucky to be um nil nil at half time. And yeah, utterly kind of lack slow. Uh, just the tempo was nowhere the whole half, and we played a hell of a lot backwards and very little forwards. Yeah. It was funny watching from behind the goals as well. You kind of felt like you, you really got a better perspective on how much we were just passing it backwards as well. Added to the frustration, eh? Yeah, you were seeing a lot of the ball because the defenders were right in front of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, fucking dreadful. Like you say, half-time, there was three changes. Who were they again? Someone got it in front of them. Atkinson. Um, Voice. Civic. Mm-hmm. That's a mix of on and off there. <laughs> Who was it that came on for? Atkinson came on for a fire. Um, Cameron Devon for Civic and At- Liam Boyce came off for Oda. Yeah. yeah. The three of them had stinkers in the first half. I, th- I think everybody did. Yeah. Um, second half, we started, started brilliant. For like a good 10, 15 minutes, we played brilliant. And I said it to you at the time. It felt like it was just typical us not to kind of put in the put in the net during that spell. And then there's the Vargas one where he's if he continues to run in with the ball coming across the goal, it's a tap and he stops. There was a couple of other ones. I don't, I can't remember where it was, but it was the Kent header that went over. We, we were yeah. in and around the box the whole time. I think at points, Lowry looked great towards the box and then almost wanted to kind of walk it into the net, which was frustrating. Mm. Um, but he, he looked he looked much better in the second half, and it looked like someone had put a, a rocket up them at half time. And then, of course, it all fell apart. <laughs> it did. Uh, I want see the the Lowry thing. For this, I saw this thing on Twitter talking about uh, dribbling, right? Like dribbling past opposition players. And I think Vargas had one for the whole game that he was on. And other than that, there wasn't there was no one else that completed any dribbles past. An opposition player, and then you've got Lowry with the kind of stats you'd expect to see with from players. He had six out of eight completed, then everyone else was just like zero out of zero, <laughs> zero out of one. And that's how much we were just getting the ball, pass it back. But like it was unbelievable. We have like no water carriers. Byron Mackay is really the only one we've got who takes the ball and takes it upfield. Every other player just looks to pass as soon as they get the ball. It did yeah. feel, it felt very. Lowry, like- yeah. Felt very like the Kilmarnock game in that you 
are almost waiting for a moment of magic from a player rather than having some kind of you know plan, plan. to get to get the ball into the net. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're always waiting on someone, you know, taking on three boys and the magic to shoot. It's, because other than that, you're passing it round away for the box back to the defenders. The amount of times it goes back to the centre backs is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. When it comes to this stuff, I think this is always where you start looking at the manager, isn't it, Paddy? Like when a team generally is performing that that poorly, that's when you look at a manager instead of looking at individuals. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I just, at the moment, I just think he's trying to change it to be completely different from what Nielsen was doing and it's obviously not clicking at the moment. And it's also the exact same? Yeah, it doesn't look good. Aye, it's, it's reeking off previous Aye. rains now. Um, Hammy, I think this uh, tees us up nicely for a wee Jambles kickback then. Back away and don't talk a lot of shame. Yeah, believe it or not, it will be about the management team, but also higher up because nobody was safe this week. The Hearts ladies team was at fault, apparently. The club shop was getting it. Uh, even the hotel. The hotel's been getting criticised online. It's not even open yet. But, uh, What's all the these ladies factors, team getting criticised for? Uh, people seem to think that the ladies team is sucking all the money at the Hearts team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's why Hearts are bad. Uh, for some, the semi-professional ladies team is taking. Good to see. Good to see the women's world cups had a good effect on women. <laughs> also, I bet like the the full women's wage for the year is like Lauren Shankland for the month. <laughs> yeah, they'll just clarify the Hearts ladies team is not why Hearts are bad. By the way, um... no. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I avoided all that because cancellations and things. So we're just going to stick primarily to the management structure, and the board, who have also now been getting it. <clears throat> so first, we start off with, I have concerns for the rest of the season. If these guys think Denham and Civic can work, who knows what other stupid choices they're going to make. Even bringing on three subs with five minutes left, we pout too little, too late. We need to see a drastic improvement and better decision-making from our tech director. One of those choices should be telling McAvoy to get to fuck. Or we're just going to have to ride it out over the next 18 months or so till they're all sacked. Another one um, takes aim at the recruitment. It says, our recruitment this season seems to be yet another disaster. No care given, as it is all free money for the club and it's not going to dry up anytime soon. The wasters that make the decisions all get paid regardless. Not one of them with a single penny to lose. Fan ownership ain't all that, if truth be told. Too comfortable, too nice, and too much like a community centre. No heads will roll after this. Aye. Uh, another one says, seems to me Frankie and Naismith just chuck names in a hat and pick them out, and if you're drawn out, you play. It's pathetic. Um, the buck finally should stop with the board. For fuck's sake, Hearts are the third biggest club in Scotland and we are being run like a Sunday league club. We have a pair in charge of football, one doesn't have his badges or any experience managing, and the other is a Bairns coach who also has no management experience. Just think about that for a minute. For a club of Hearts status, that is a fucking joke. (laughs) Thursday has to be taken as an aside. In fact, it could be argued that we'd be better off losing to focus on the league. However, another insipid performance on Sunday against Motherwell and the knives will really 
be out for this management team. Oh, calm down. <laughs> I remember last week, uh, Hearts were going to win the Pout game 4-1. Um, another one says, I make that 10 league games in to Naismith and his attacking brand of football. We've had three wins and four games without scoring. This must be as bad as any manager coming in, surely. Bearing in mind, we've had managers come in and take over some absolutely awful squads, which this one isn't. Um, Stephen and Frankie, the new Nielsen's, turgid possession with no intent, football that loses matches and bores people to tears, rinse and repeat, week after soulless week. <clears throat> if the management team don't see very clearly that we need to sign one, probably two creative midfield players, then they are not the right guys for the job and should be punted as soon as the transfer market shuts. And finally, um, the problem we have is that those who took far too long to sack Robbie Nielsen are now the same people who took the easiest and cheapest option in appointing Stephen Naismith and would, again, be the ones who appoint his replacement. It's the same people making the same mistakes over and over again until there is a fundamental change at the top and nothing is going to change. I don't doubt they're doing their best, but clearly their best is not good enough. Do you know who else is the same people on that note? The same people that really wanted Naismith to get the job are the same people that don't want him to have the job now, three weeks ago. <laughs> I know. Me. Was, I remember it was like 80-odd percent, I think, from kickback that Wally Nielsen and the polls we, we read out. So, they need yeah. a chance. Here. Give them a chance. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's a fickle business, but Cameron, like I've got to say, like, Oh, oh, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Last season, I absolutely wanted Naismith to get the job based on what we saw. I thought there was enough there. Deserved a pre-season in a, in a window. Um, but I think the pressure... See if, if we're, we're probably going to get beat on Thursday. No illusion of that. And that's... It's a big loss, but it's not going to shock anyone. But if we, if we don't win against Motherwell, especially if we get beat off Motherwell, and we've then got Aberdeen at home, and if we get beat there, then it's going to be... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's an easy decision to just move Naismith. Five, five games into the season. <laughs> Naismith did they win a game for like... Uh, Naismith, sorry. Nielsen did they win a game for like three months before he got fired. There's a lot more stock there, but a lot... He like got promoted, he got us third before and all that stuff. With Naismith, it's a it's quite an easy decision because he's not even the manager. Yeah, so we wouldn't even have to pay him off. No, and there's short... just fire McAvoy. <laughs> you would just it'd be very easy to just move them on. But I've got this. You've got to think as well. Since Savage has come in, that would be. Um, it was Nielsen. I'm trying to remember. Nielsen. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Was uh, Savage here when Stendhal was here? No. No. So, no. This championship, so yeah, it's been Nielsen to Naismith under Savage's reign. You know, he'll he'll start to get questions here as well if this one doesn't work out with Naismith. People on kickback are are right there to but, look it up. But it's not just Savage that makes a decision on a manager. He's it's not just his decision. It's the director of football, Paddy. Yeah, but the director of football for a football club isn't just in charge. There's multiple people involved in that. Directors of football. He's not directly Nielsen's boss. Like, directors, that's not how a director of football works or a sporting director works. Joe Savage is, is Stephen Naismith's boss. 
No, no, Frankie McAvoy, Stephen A. Smith. Frankie McAvoy. <laughs> Stephen, yeah, but they, he's not the only one that's in charge. It's not just Joe Savage isn't the one that makes the decision on uh, Naismith or McAvoy leaving. It's a group effort. No, there's a board, Paddy. I, I appreciate that. But on footballing matters, Joe Savage goes to the board and will say to them, we should sack the manager now and then look for an agreement or what have you. He's head of football at this football club. Yeah, but he can also be overruled as well. He could be. Well, you think if all the fan pressure's on like we had Benielsen like last season, well, they're going to say, no, I'll give him, keep him on. I don't... I, I'm in a different position here because I think if you're talking about sacking a manager after three games, it's absolute nonsense, to be honest. We're, we're like, we're not, surely. We're, surely we're like, we're not at that point. Nah. No, <laughs> can't be. Like, you need to give them time to change things. Well, it's happened overnight. You imagine the fan pressure if we don't. And I, I, yeah, but I, the club's bowing down to fan pressure, is what I'm saying. I don't care it's a fan owned club. You shouldn't be bowing down to fan pressure. If the, if the fans were running this club, we'd have a new manager every week. <laughs> like, we, we actually would. We'd have like 15 on 10 year contracts after <laughs> a couple of good results. We'd be bankrupt because of the amount of managers we'd be having to pay off. Well, listen, we've been here before with Nielsen. All I'm saying is, I think it's a quicker decision to make with Naismith here compared to when we had Nielsen. I sort of agree with you, though, Javi. I think this is all because of the way that this is with McAvoy and he's got his badges and over it. It just, from the outside, it looks like such a massive risk and it, it's very Catholic and things like that. And you know what I mean? So, yeah, I sort of get what you're saying. If if we need to wield the axe, it'll probably be done a bit quicker than if it was a Naismith who's previously got stubbed and things like that. Or if it wasn't expe- if it was for argument's sake that uh, Marty Sifuentes, he would ultimately could probably get a lot more rope. Five extra games compared to Naismith. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if, if, you people, yeah, guy, if you brought in a guy, if you brought in a guy like that, they're guaranteed, you know, the the season, and then probably yeah. another transfer window. Look at what Lee Johnson just got. Like, <laughs> like, I completely get the point of, and and I think this is what we've spoken about before is that the position, as how it looks from the outside, it's totally unnecessary. Didn't need to happen, but this is the position we're in now. So, mm-hmm. I kind of almost need to move away for the fact that it looks that stupid because it is what it is, and and hope that it improves. Yeah. I do want to say on, on more positive notes here, did support Naismith getting this job at the end of the last season. I do believe in his style of football. I think it's really nice when it works and we need to just get up a gear like we did against Rosenberg. If we can play at that level domestically, then we'll be laughing. And I did like Stephen Naismith took a lot of accountability and spoke very honestly after the Dundee loss there, yeah. which is something really frustrated about Robbie Nielsen because he would just fucking never answer anything, never take accountability. So, fair play to Naismith. Uh, he almost spoke like a manager. <laughs> he did, which is just as well. He's not because, you know, I don't know, confusion situation. Um, well, as of Friday next week, he will be. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick look ahead to, to Pauk. How, how are you feeling? Do you think we can go over there and do it? Yeah, it's possible, do. but it's not going to happen. Nah, I do. <laughs> They've no lost at home since October. They've not won a game in Europe at home either, though. It doesn't matter. 
I, I, I think I think we've got a better chance than people are giving us. I wasn't impressed with them at all when I saw them last week. <laughs> well, you know, no. They got that one player that played for Benfica, but that was it, and even he didn't look that good. Mm-hmm. Do, you know well, kill, do you know what will kill us? Is the fact that it'll be thirty-one degrees. <laughs> <laughs> How do you defeat a Scotsman? <laughs> put, him, put him in the oven. Or no. <laughs> Annoying. I don't even think we'll beat Motherwell at home and the stick fucking go to Greece and winning. <laughs> Brief question before uh, Simon's clueless. Um, Motherwell, we surely go fucking play Motherwell at home. Who cares if they're unbeaten and they just somehow manage to win against the excellent Kilmarnock? We surely beat Motherwell at home. I think we win the next two games. That's when folk will get un- unrest. Always, always an entertaining game when we play Motherwell at Tynecastle. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's fucking do this Simon's clueless let's go <laughs> so five players again I've tried to make them quite difficult because Paddy is returning <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just dive right in in fact I'll go through the scores again so Cameron's on 12 Paddy 11 Hammy on 6 Jarvie on nothing five points if you get it on the first clue one point if you get it on the fifth clue but let's go clue number one player number one I was born in Nice France 1988 Clue two. I came through the Monaco youth system and made zero senior international appearances. Okay. Clue number three. I was signed by Ian Catherine in January 2007, 2017, Alex. along with Paul Gallagher, Christian Nowak, Leonard Soa, Aaron Hughes, Bourne Johnson, Dylan Beakey, Alexandros Tesoli, Connor Salmon, <laughs> Nikolai oh, Todorov. Fischl Rias, <laughs> Victor Norig, Tony Watt, and Ishmael Goncalves. Amy's already called it. Hammy. Is it Malory Martin? It is Malory Martin. Oh, Two well, points Hammy. for Hammy. Nice. Oh, no, sorry. Three points for Hammy. You're up Ooh. to nine. Player number two. This one is so hard because there's literally nothing about him. <laughs> Player number two. I was born in Luanda, Angola in 1974. Seven, Clue number two. I came through the Benfica Academy and made zero international appearances. Cameron. Go on, Cameron. Is it Jose Catongo? It's Jose Catongo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next clue for that was, despite not playing in the 98 Cup final and only starting nine games for Hearts, I have cult hero status and number five. I scored a member of Scottish Time winner at home to Celtic in the nineteen ninety eight season. Also played in Robbie Nielsen's death morning. <laughs> Probably his Play- best performance. Player number three. Clue number one. I was born in Paisley in nineteen sixty four. Robbie Nielsen's from Paisley. <laughs> He's not that old though. Okay. <laughs> Clue number two. Paddy. Oh my god! Is it Remember, St- if you take a guess, yeah, is it Stevie okay. Fulton? Incorrect. Paddy yeah. is out. Good. Clue number two: I came through the Rangers Academy and made twenty-seven Scotland appearances, playing all the Euro game, all the group games. Sorry, in the nineteen ninety World Cup and the ninety-two Euros. This one is hard. Okay. Clue number three. 
I was signed from Rangers in 1987 for 325,000. Oh. I was then sold to Rangers in 92 for 1.3 million. And then I was then sold back to Hearts in 1994 as a player exchange. I don't remember his name, but I know the fucking player. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember it either. I know who it is, though. Clue um, number four. I played the full game at the 1998 Scottish Cup final. Hammy. Go on, Hammy. Ah, it's Dave McPherson. Correct. Yes, Hammy. <laughs> Clue number five was I have a sweet fucking mullet. <laughs> he does indeed. Hammy with another two puts him joint second. Okay. Uh, player four, clue number one. I was born in Middlesbrough in 1975. Oh my god! <laughs> I personally heard Cameron first. Yeah, it's Phil. Phil Stamp. It's Phil Stamp. Or Tichy Ambassadors. I definitely said first. Oh, certainly. You're, you're still in that Cameron, delay. But I. That was just. Uh, clue number really? two. Was... <laughs> Clue number two was I came to the Middlesbrough Academy, made zero international appearances. Three, I was signed from Middlesbrough in 2002 by Craig Levine alongside Mark DePriest, Paul Hartley and John-Louis Valois. What a transfer window that was. Why? Clue number four, I scored a last-minute equal uh, winner at Easter Road. Um, clue number five, I'm a sp- supreme athlete and this was proven by a 14-year <laughs> career at the top level. And pizza on his roof. <laughs> Player number five, clue number one. I was born in Hart Hill in 1984. Unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) Clue number two. I came through the Hearts Academy and made zero international appearances. What year was it? 1984. Clue number three. I was given my debut in 2000 by Jim Jeffries playing up front alongside Mark DeVries where I was sent off in the last minute for kicking an opponent. Right, get your fingers on the buzzer. Right, <laughs> got to be fast here. I scored two goals in 45 seconds. Hammy. Hammy. Graham, we Jeezy, pizza, we've had a great game. That's another two points. Uh, so I ran out of clues basically for him so clue number four was I scored two goals in 45 seconds against Hibs to finish the game 4-4 and clue number five was my name rhymes with Braham Deer (laughs) (laughs) cool so that's Simon's game finished and the only person really to make a big impact there was Hammy Um, he's now in the lead with 13 Cameron's got 12 Paddy 11 oh no Cameron's got 17 he got a 5 Sorry I got two, but two fives. Well, Jose Katongo as well. Aye. Two fives. Someone... 22 <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. So Cameron's on 22, Hammy's on 13, Paddy 11, and Jarvie really making it difficult for himself on zero. <laughs> My brain doesn't work this way. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, buy or sell, Cameron. Oh, games to games here. We've become a game show podcast. <laughs> um, right. Quick run through last week. Uh, if you were positive, he did badly. If you were negative, he did all right. And everyone apart from the positive people was in the middle. Um, Hearts to get two wins this week. Nope. Hearts with at least three different scorers this week. Nope. Uh, a fire to keep his place versus Pauk. Nope. And Hearts to maintain their perfect domestic defensive record count rules. Nope. Um, <laughs> so Paddy, Hammy, and myself bought them all. So that's 
three fat zeros. Uh, Twitter and Instagram bought everything but the fire one, so they got one each. And Simon and Jarvey, you are on two apiece there. So our running totals are at the bottom. Instagram now tied with Simon on seven. Up to Hammy, myself and Paddy on eight. Jarvey on nine, only one off Twitter on ten. So, all to play for, early days, as we said, keep the faith. All right, first one this week. We went from trying to get two wins in a week to, will Hearts get a goal in Greece? <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'm going to buy it. Sell. <laughs> oh, I really want to sell it, but do you know what? I'm going to buy it. Um, we spoke about Kenny Vargas getting close if he just kept running in. He's had a tap in his first goal. So um, Kenny Vargas to have a goal in either of the games this week. So Motherwell or Pout. Sell. 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 Bye. Oh, I can't be that positive after last week. I'll be selling to you. As much <laughs> as I'd love to be wrong. Now, here's the one that you've all been waiting for. Kai Rose to start both games this week. Now, I've already put you all in as a buy, except yeah. Jarvin. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Never sold everything, Jarvis, so far. Last <laughs> chance to buy. Here we go. No incomings or outgoings before the window closes. And I mean our window. If somebody all goes to Saudi Arabia after, that doesn't count. Does it count if you like loan a player out? Look, it's just as anybody goes this week, really. Yeah, I'll buy that. Bye. 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 Bye-bye, Georgie Grant. <laughs> uh, bye. No, I'm going to take the loans out away. Okay, take the loans out away. Oh, fucking hell, man. No. Then I'll sell. I'll still, I still think someone will go. Or come. I'm so, going to... Uh, yeah, I'm still going to uh, buy it. All right. Paddy? Sell. I'm going to sell it too. The loans are too easy. Someone will go out on loan. Guaranteed. It'll probably be George Grant to our both. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Um, let's hope next week is slightly more positive than this week was. Right. I feel like we've been recording for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea how long this podcast is actually going to be. Somewhere under an hour. But there you go, listener. I'll be about an hour, I think. Right, I'll be there a bit. Fascinating. So, I that's all we've got time for today. Join us next time as we look back at a historic victory over in Greece and a 3-0 defeat at home to Motherwell. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be looking ahead to an international break, I think, is it? Correct. Yes. Aye. Maybe maybe if the next week goes badly, we might have a wee, a wee busman's holiday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see. Um, <clears throat> follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hearts underscore podcast to play along with by ourselves. And don't forget to leave us a generous star rating on Spotify, Apple, or anything else you're listening on. So until next time, come on the hearts, safe travels over to Greece if you're not already there listening to this or a sun lounger. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>
just put on the snib like eh? 